The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Man, uh, once again, happy Mother's Day. Wasn't that poem awesome? Man, she put everything in there. She said, uh, we're not allowed to date and we can't sleep late. And uh, it was nice. I was like, man, girl, <laughs> this is so well put together. Amen. Uh, so, so we started uh, last week. Uh, we, we're building this up towards, you know, marketplace. And I really, truly believe uh, you know, God wants us to create wealth, and I truly believe that uh, uh, the big deal with that is not so we can consume uh, it and so we can live comfortably, uh, though God doesn't mind us doing any of that, but I think the big deal with us creating wealth is so that we can be free to do that which God has called us to do. If we were to be honest, uh, you know, most of us, if, if, if you are in a place right now where you say, you know, my life sucks, what I'm doing right now sucks, the only, the only thing that's holding you back is, is money. You know, you still have to wake up and go to that job you hate so much and, and face those people you don't like very much. And the reason you're not out in the mission field uh, some of you who believe God has called you to travel the world and preach the gospel, the reason you can't do that is because uh, of money. And that little uh, word, five-letter word, can stop people from really fulfilling uh, what God has called them to do with freedom. Amen? And so I believe this is the reason, another reason why God, has, uh, God wants us to be uh, wealthy. God wants us to be financially free. It is so that we can actually fulfill his call on our lives without any obstacles. Amen. And so we, we started to look at this, obviously, building up to uh, Wealth Builders, the conference that's coming up in uh, three weeks now, four weeks, uh, from the 8th through the 10th of June. And uh, we started to look at some of these things just so we can plow the ground uh, and all of us get ready for, for what's coming. And so we're going to continue uh, in the same uh, mindset. And so let's go to Genesis chapter number 1. Uh, we're going to read from verse 26. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. I'm reading in the Message Bible. It says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. So they, human beings, can be responsible uh, for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike reflecting God's nature. God created them, male and female. God blessed them. Uh, notice the first thing God uh, does is he, he blesses uh, mankind, his creation. And so as you come into the fold, uh, you are already blessed. Amen. Amen. Uh, the, the day you get born again, uh, you get redeemed uh, from the curse and you step into the blessing. This is why in Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 3, he speaks about the blessing in a past tense uh, a context, if you will. He says, uh, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath or has, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual uh, blessings in heaven. Amen. So you are already blessed. Someone shout, I'm already blessed. And someone shout, I'm so blessed. I'm uncursable. Amen. And so when you realize that God put the blessing on you, uh, another thing you need to realize is that you cannot curse whom God has blessed. Uh, the, the blessing of God and the curse of Satan cannot coexist. 
they are mutually exclusive amen if you are blessed you can't be blessed and cursed at the same time and so if you are the blessed of the lord the redeemed of the lord uh, you didn't inherit from God generational curses. You re-inherited uh, generational blessings. Amen? And, and so you don't need to go from seminar after seminar, deliverance after deliverance, to try and get rid of the, the curse. Uh, Jesus took care of it uh, at your born-again experience. You became the blessed of the Lord. Amen? You just have now to inform your mind. Can I get an amen? If your mind don't know it, you could live in the curse while you are blessed. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And so, he says, God bless them. And he puts a semicolon there. You can see that. Uh, he puts a semicolon there. God bless them. And then he puts open inverted commas. Uh, this sign right here, this sign right here, uh, it indicates, uh, you know, quoting someone word for word. You know, open inverted commas. Now we are getting ready to uh, read the very first words God ever said to mankind. And the very first word God ever said to mankind was prosper. Did y'all see that? And so prosperity is not a man-made idea. If you don't like the idea of prosperity, uh, it's, a, it's a God idea, then you don't like God ideas. God is the one who said, I mean, out of the entire vocabulary of heaven, the very first word God wanted mankind to hear from his mouth was prosper. Because that's God's original plan for mankind. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to do well. Now, this is not just limited to finances, but it just so happens that we are talking about finances. Why? Because it's the thing that plagues uh, uh, people the most. Yes. Amen? Yes. Is any, anybody here uh, that needs healing? We're going to pray for people that need healing at the end of the service. If you need healing, just raise your hand wherever you are. Just need, I see one hand there, I see another one hand there, I see about two in this service. Now watch what's about to happen. Is there anybody in here that could do with a little bit of cash yes. in their lives? Now turn around and see, turn around and see. Say, Pastor, why, why, why the church talking about money? Did you see that? All of us need a little bit of cash, amen? And so that's why we're talking about money. People, man, why are you talking about money? Did y'all see that? I mean, people, people can get healed, but man, they need some money. Amen? And so he said prosper. And then he also said reproduce. He said fill the earth. And he says take charge. And then he says be responsible. Why? Because with the God kind of prosperity, uh, all of us are going to have to learn to be responsible. Uh, yesterday, I gave, uh, last week, I gave a grossly understated, uh, uh, you know, uh, fact from the newspaper. They corrected me afterwards, and so I have to put it on record to make sure that we fix it. I said there was a man uh, who thought prosperity was about stuff, and he drove 16. That's what I said, 16 cars uh, to Durban, uh, July. That's what they call it. Durban, July. He drove all of his 16 cars. I was trying to show you last week that, you know, prosperity is not all about getting stuff. And so I said 16. It turns out it was not 16. It was 70. 72. Oh, I said 70. I'm messing it up. 72 cars that he took. One man. Amen. Why? Because there's a misunderstanding for what this prosperity is for. This prosperity, what it's for, is so that we can be a blessing. Can I get an amen? amen? And so if we go back to exhibit A, God said prosper. That's the first thing he said. The second thing he said was reproduce. Do we need to turn it off? Is it getting cold? We can turn it off. He says reproduce. Someone say Reproduce. And we said last week that uh, that word reproduce is not just limited to, you know, procreation and, and filling up the earth. Uh, but when God said reproduce, uh, what he was talking about was this. Uh, most people don't realize this, but, you know, God could have planted the entire universe when he created the earth. He could have planted the whole deal, but God did not do that. He just planted a garden and put potential in that garden and created two individuals and put all of the potential potential all of the innovation and creativity in them and then he gave it to them as a garden and he said to them now take this garden and make it international that's why when he gave it to them he said now you be fruitful and multiply and we said what that means is when god starts out with people every single one of us he's always going to start with us at a garden level watch this now responsibility 
Because if you can manage the garden, then you'll be able to uh, be in charge of the whole earth. And so I have to say this, that everything, someone say everything, everything in God will always start small. Now, I don't know if that's encouraging or, or not. Because, I mean, we would rather start big, right? But everything with God starts small. This is why the Bible says this. Let's go to uh, Zechariah or Zachariah, depending on where you're from. Zechariah 4.10. Let's go to Zechariah 4 verse 10. I'm reading in the NLT. It says, do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise the garden of Eden days. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Now when God gives you an idea for your business, it's always going to be small. Now, when you graduate college, God is going to show you, when he calls you into ministry, God will always start you small. I wish I could come here and say there's an anointing that we can blow on you, that we can give you in a little bottle or in a handkerchief that you can wipe yourself, and you're going to start ministering to thousands of people overnight. I wish I could say that, but that's not the truth. Everything with God will always start small. And as you learn how to be faithful, looking after the Garden of Eden, as you learn how to be faithful, dealing with the two uh, 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 member staff, then God will add to it. Three, four, five. And before you know it, you'll have 300 people uh, on your staff in your business. But it's not going to start there. It's always going to start small. Can I get an amen? And so it says, yeah, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. The, the seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. And so God gets excited just to see you launch out. See, a lot of people are waiting uh, for everything to line up. They're waiting for, uh, uh, the Bible actually says, a man who observes the weather will not sow. A lot of people are waiting for things to be perfect before they can start that business. Well, that day is not coming. Ooh. Okay, let's go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, verse 5. We're talking about how to move from small to big now. How do you move the Garden of Eden uh, from what it is to, to what it looks like in the book of Revelations, where it's a city. How do you move it? How do you uh, uh, get your business from small to big? How do you get your ministry, uh, for those of you called into the ministry, from small to big? How do you move your career from small to big? These are the things that we have to pay attention to. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter number five, 8, verse 5 in the Amplified, it says, whoever keeps and observes a royal command will experience neither trouble nor misery. Now watch this now. For a wise heart will know the proper time. Someone say proper time. And appropriate procedure. So a wise heart knows these two things. The proper time, which is now, and the appropriate procedure. And so all these things you have to learn. What is the proper time for launching out? Number one. Number two, what is the appropriate procedure or the discipline? See, when God calls you into something, it's going to require a discipline from you. This is why God is more interested in what's happening in you than what's happening through you. You know, we have two little girls, a 10-year-old and a a seven-year-old, you know, tonight. And so uh, before they were uh, uh, a little bit older, what we would do is every Friday would give them a tuck money, you know, 30 rand or 40 rand uh, tuck money every Friday, would give them tuck money every Friday. And then when they were at an age of understanding and to start developing discipline, uh, what I did is I started giving them the tuck money for the month. So we, I give them on the first of the month. I give them all of it for the month. And so the older one came to me. She said, oh, Dad, does it mean I can spend it whichever way I want? I said, girl, it's your money. You can spend it whichever way you want. And in the first month, she blew that money, blew all of it. <laughs> and so she came back to me week two. She said, Dad, can I have tuck money? I said, I already gave you. She said, well, I didn't realize I needed to, you know, spend it sparingly. I said, now, what we are doing is we are teaching you the appropriate procedure in dealing with money. 
that you don't spend everything that comes in all at once. And so what we do now, we give them 220 at the first of the month. They come dead, it's payday. 220, I give them 220. And the reason I give them 220 is the 20 rand is their tithe, the 50 rand is what they spend every week. Now they try to cheat the system. They try to negotiate, they try to do all of that stuff, but I'm as stubborn as they are. So you, 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 that's all you're gonna get, 200 for the month, unless you do other extra chores or you come up with other things, which they do. I mean, the one time they took the lemons from the tree and made some lemon juice and started going around houses selling lemon juice, made a little bit of money. That's that's on you. Praise the Lord. They, they sometimes, you know, get creative and they wash the mom's uh, car and stuff and they get 10 rand. I mean, that's cheap labor, but... <laughs> <coughs> That's your labor. They get 10 rand, but that's on you. But when it comes to uh, uh, what you spend, what we do is we, we give them the, the allowance for the month, and it's up to them what to do with it. What are we doing? We are teaching them the appropriate procedure. And so what you're going to learn when you come to Wealth Builders is the appropriate procedure when it comes to dealing with finances and when it comes to dealing with, with, your, with, your, with your life in, in general. And one of the things uh, we need to learn as we are, are doing that is we need to realize, I'm going to give you three, three principles. Someone say three. I'm going to give you three. The first one is uh, patience is key. When it comes to your assignment, when it comes to your uh, building of wealth and, and things of that nature, you're going to have to learn how to be patient. The Bible says in Hebrews 6 verse 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. To inherit the promises of God, you are going to learn or you are going to have to learn how to be patient. And what is, what is patience? Patience uh, means having a steady endurance for the race. So, pace yourself and stay in the game. You know, wealth building uh, and getting on your uh, journey to, to fulfill God's destiny over your life, it's not an overnight uh, quick thing. It's long term. Amen? You know, uh, 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 I like to study people in the Bible. Joseph, between the time that he received the dream and the time uh, that he saw the dream come to pass, it is estimated to be at least 23 years. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take you 23 years, but I'm just saying it's going to take some time. For, for as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Things take time in God. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You know, uh, 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 Andrew Womack, I heard him say this in several times and several uh, thing, uh, uh, teachings that God spoke to him in 1999 and said to him, uh, only now you're starting your ministry. Oh, by the way, he had been in ministry 31 years uh, before the Lord told him, now you're getting on the starting line. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, had about 30 years. And I believe that we as Faithful Church, we haven't even gotten to the starting line. I believe this is still preparation season. God is still working things in our hearts. Amen. Because God is interested in what happens in us rather than what happens through us. And so we have to allow God to work in us. I, you know, when I started dating my wife, uh, I found out she was a runner. And so I wanted to impress her. And so I said to her, hey, listen, I'm going to join a race. It was a Valentine's uh, a race, Valentine's night race at uh, Stain City. So I said, hey, I'm going to come. And so I went and I got myself the best running shoes. And I got myself some running gear. And everything was new. You, you know that it's a problem when you're on the starting line with new stuff. Amen. <laughs> everything was new. Still at the lines. You know, my T-shirt still at the lines. Everything was new. I got my number on that. Man, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm going to show this girl who the man is. On your mask. Get set. Go. Man, I took off sprinting. I didn't realize it was 10 kilometers. After about 500 meters, man, I'm about to die. You know? I'm... And I joined the walkers, right? And she, so she just ran past me. And, and what I didn't realize was in the, in the race, right, marathon, which is similar to life, life is not a 100-meter 100, 100 dash. Life is a marathon. 
And so you have to find a pace that you can uh, 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 keep yourself at. Watch this now. For, I always tell my leaders, hey, we're going to be doing this for a long time. Why are you in such a hurry? Yes. Amen. Amen. I tell the man, we're going to be doing this for a long time. Amen. And so, through faith and patience, we will begin to do what? To inherit the promises of God. Why? Because the seasons of patience are seasons of preparation. Let's go to Jeremiah 52. Jeremiah 52. In the Amplified Classic. Man, we, we, we all need to learn uh, how to allow God to, to prepare us. To prepare our hearts and to prepare us for what's coming. You cannot short-circuit preparation. Just go through it. It says in Jeremiah 52, I'm reading in the Amplified Classic, it says, and in the 37th year of captivity of Joachim, also called Coniah and Jeconiah, king of Judah, and in the 12th month of the uh, 25th day of the month, uh, evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up, promoted the head of Joachim, king of Judah, and show him, showed him favor and brought him out of prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat above the seats of the kings who were captives with him in Babylon. Joachim put off his prison garments and he dined regularly at the king's table all the days of his life. His allowance, a continual one, was given to him by the king of Babylon, a portion according to his requirements until the day of his death, all the days of his life. And so, you know, I learned this from uh, Billy Epperhart. He said to me, he said, Tafara, what was different uh, about Joachim and what made the king reach out to him in prison and promote him and give him a daily continual allowance and make him dine with him and make him uh, sit around him? What, what was different about Joachim? And he said this. He said what was different was Joachim spent the 37 years that he was in prison as a time for preparation. Because the word or the name Joachim itself literally means preparation. It means to prepare yourself. And so when you allow God to prepare you, and God, last week we talked about the different phases of life. God is the one that puts you in situations. God is the one that puts you in the job that you're in. He's the one that will put things for you to learn how to be faithful in. This is why he says in Colossians 3.23, whatsoever you, you find your hands to do, do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because it is the Lord who will bring the promotion. And so whatever situation you find yourself in, it's preparation season. It's preparation time. And promotion is going to come. God is going to find you. Why? Because promotion is located in, in, in the place of preparation. Amen? And number two, number two, we're going to give you three real fast. Number two is cooperate with the favor of God cooperate with the favor of God. Man, there is a spiritual force called favor. And favor is a spiritual force that allow men to gravitate towards you like a magnet so that they, they just want to help you. And scripture promises us favor. In Psalm 5 verse 12, he says he surrounds us with favor like a shield. Favor is yours and favor, watch this now, is attracted to a spirit of preparation. And so all these things build on each other. When you learn how to prepare, when you learn how to be faithful with small things, you attract a spirit of favor. Amen. And this favor will come to you. I remember in 2018, I was just sitting in my car minding my own business. And, uh, you know, uh, I got a call from one of the big television networks. And this is what's funny about it is that, you know, I have, I have friends in the ministry who every time they would see me on TV, they would call me and they would say, man, how did this happen? And I would explain to them how it happened. And they would turn around and, and call the station to say, man, if you did it for this guy, because, man, I'm the, I'm the least deserving one. In the natural, they see me clowning on Facebook. I mean, they see me hanging out with my girls. They see me who dressed up like the way I want to dress. So I don't look like the, the upper echelon of the clergy community, if you will. 
So it can't be happening to this guy. True story. They believe it's happening to me. It should be happening 10 times to them. I have another guy. Every time I go and speak at Caris, he calls me. Personally, he calls me. And he says, hey, please give me the director of, of uh, 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 the number of the director of, of Caris Bible College. He shouldn't be calling you. He should be calling me. He doesn't say it like that, but I know that's what he's doing. That's the game he's playing. And so he calls them, you know, to show them what he can do. But here's the deal, guys. You cannot manufacture these things. You have to attract them. Great things in God are never pursued. They are attracted. And how do you attract a spirit of favor? You attract it through preparation. Every season is a season of preparation. Can I get an Amen. And so they called me in 2018. They said, man, we've been trying to reach you. And we finally got a hold of you. Please come through. We want to talk to you about putting you on TV. And to cut the long story short, we went into that meeting, Pastor H and I. And uh, the first thing they offered us was a five-minute broadcast. You remember? They said, we're going to give you just five minutes and see if you're cut for TV. And in the same meeting, it's upgraded to uh, from five minutes to just one. Pro, uh, program they said okay forget the five minutes we're going to just record one program uh, and then we and, and we're just sitting there witnessing this progression and before we left the meeting it had moved from five minutes to one program to two years worth of free television airtime using their studio using their cameras all i needed to do was just show up what happened favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation you cannot drift. A lot of young people in the church, they believe they can just drift to the top of the mountain. You can just drift to the top of the mountain. And a lot of young people, they're waiting for the big break. They, they're just waiting for the big break where, you know, one day I'm going to just land a deal and it will drop 15 million rand on my head, 100 million rand, 200 million. One day, I'm looking for that one day, and they're chasing one day. It's not on in one day. It's in learning how to be faithful on the journey. What do we say? We say uh, supernatural promotion is on the path of faithfulness. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 25. We're going to end there. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 25. Is this helping you? Matthew 25. This is Jesus speaking. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Unto one he gave five talents, to another he gave two. Uh, I'm reading from verse 14. To another he gave one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway he took his journey. So we see here, Jesus, this is a business parable. And Jesus is saying the master gave to his servants uh, talents, right? And he says to one he gave five, to one he gave two, to one he gave one and he says this he says uh he gave them according to their several ability in other words god will bring to you according to your capacity to handle it and if you have not stretched yourself increased your capacity at faith church we call them high capacity leaders there are different kinds of leaders that you see in the world there are leaders who are high capacity you can stretch them and then there are leaders that when you try to stretch them they'll break and so you have to realize in your team that they are high-capacity leaders and you give them an opportunity to stretch. And, and, and those who can't handle much, you just give them one talent. Even in your business, you have high-capacity people in your team. You have high-capacity people that can play striker, defense. They can play, they can run the whole field, right? And then you have other people that when you try to get them to do too much work, oh man, they're going to mess up the, 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 the flow of the team. Amen. And so you have to be able to see, just like the master, he's giving away talents. He says, I'm going to give this one five. I'm going to give this one two. I'm going to give this one one, according to their several ability. And so what is your responsibility and my responsibility? My responsibility is to increase my ability to handle more. And it comes through seasons of what? Of preparation. You know, when God called us into the ministry, one of the things uh, that God spoke to me was, you know, Tafara, I, I need you to, to understand that I'm going to have to teach you a lot. And I said, yes, sir. And, and when we came into the ministry, man, I, there's little that the Lord didn't get me involved in. I think the only thing I can think of is, is the kids' church. Thank God. He didn't get me involved in that. Because it was clashing with me being on the pulpit. Thank God. Hallelujah. But everything else, man, I've been, I've been everywhere else. 
And I remember when we were starting, when we were starting out, the Lord started teaching me about media. And so we would come out and the Lord would teach me how to connect the speakers, how to do the sound, how to do this. I would go to school and do sound engineering. The Lord told me, you're in the business of sound, so your sound better be good. So I went to school to study sound. See, some people walk in here and they say, man, it sounds so good. I think it fell from heaven. When we were writing the, the album, I went to the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, teach me how to write a song. And the Holy Spirit taught me how to write a song. When we were starting the uh, videography and doing all that stuff, I said, Lord, teach me this stuff. It took me to school. And, and, and these days, it's awesome because you can go to school while sitting on your desk. When we started going to the next level in terms of staff, uh, building a bigger staff, I had to go and learn about accounting. I had to go learn about how to do SARS, how to pay income tax for the people, how to develop all these different things. You've got to learn how to increase your capacity so you can handle more. Amen. You can't just pray for a good video production. Yeah, you can pray about it, but after that, apply yourself. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus. Man, when we were starting out, I would go and do a, 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 a TBN record. They would send me the files. I would edit them myself do color correction get in there start learning how to use final cut pro now most of you you're in that position you're filming you oh man i'm the man of god how can the man of god be video editing we gotta and you gotta increase your capacity someone shout increase and so if you increase your capacity, you, you qualify for the five talents. And he says this in verse 16. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with them and made them other five. And likewise, he that had received two also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged it into the earth. And he did Lord's money. Someone say money. The talents were money. After a long time. Why? Because things take time. So the Lord gave it to them and gave them a long time. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five. Behold, I have gained beside them five more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. Now, we're getting ready to read the law of promotion. After you've set your foundation and allow God to work through you in preparation and you attract favor and God begins to bring things to you, you've got to understand that promotion does not come through self-promoting and through trying to be visible. Promotion comes this way. He said this, you have been faithful over a few things. I, who might be I? I is God. God is saying, I will make you something. I will make you ruler over many things. So promotion does not come from the east or the west. It is God that reaches out and promotes people. Just like Joachim, uh, the king, reached out in, into the prison and, and pulled him up and, promotion, and promoted him. God said, you have been faithful. When I, when I read this, it was like the key that unlocked my life. Oh, I, I realized that I didn't have to do any of that extra stuff. All I needed to do was to be faithful with the little. Whatever the Lord brings my way, if I'm faithful with it, guess what? I'm going to position myself for what? For promotion. I realized that promotion belongs to those who know how to be faithful. Uh, you may be wondering, what does faithful, what are you even talking about? Let me give you a few synonyms for the word faithful. It means to be dependable. God promotes uh, people who learn how to be dependable. Watch this now with small stuff, with little stuff. Uh, it means to be reliable. God promotes people who, are who learn how to be reliable. Trustworthiness. It means to be trustworthiness. It means to be committed. It means to be loyal. It means to, be, uh, 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 to have an allegiance for the kingdom of God. Now, these are basic life qualities. If you are a single lady looking for a husband, the, the, you, you know, before you even get to, you must have a six-pack and reach the least you must at least require. The least you must at least require next to you must be breathing. The least you must require is you must be at least dependable. At least, the, at the, yeah, you don't have to bring a lot of cash. You don't have to have a six-pack. You don't have to, the least 
You must be wise. You must be trustworthy. At least be trustworthy. Let's start there. And God is saying as much as that is the, the base. God is saying I want to promote you for the base things. In other words, God wants you to promote wants to promote you just for, 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 for having the basic qualities of life. He says if you're faithful with the little, I will entrust you, I will make you ruler over many things. Amen? Amen. And then the second guy came, he had two. He said, uh, I've gained two, verse 17. And he had that uh, uh, he said I've gained two, uh, verse Verse what? Verse 17. He said, I've gained two. And the master said the same thing. Well done, uh, good and faithful servant. Because you are faithful with the little, I will make you rule over many things. The last guy, uh, verse 18, right? Uh, he said, uh, uh, he had, uh, the guy who had received one talent went and digged it into the earth. He had his Lord's money. And after a long time, uh, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth. Where am I? What verse am I? Should I be reading? Verse 20? Verse Verse 22, right? No. Verse, uh, verse 24. Verse 24. Verse 24. Ye that had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Now, now, before I read this guy, look at me. Just look at me for a minute. Before I read, I used to feel sorry for this guy. The other one received five. The other one received two. The poor guy received how many? One. I used to feel sorry for this guy. He got the little, until I googled what a talent is. When I googled a talent, a talent is 33.3 kgs of gold. So he got half a bag from the gold mafia. He got a half a bag. <laughs> and so this guy, he, he got a lot of money because 33.3 kgs, I googled it, it's about 1.7 to 2 million uh, US dollars, which is way above 20 million rand. For one talent, one talent is way above 20 million rand. And so I stopped feeling sorry for him. In fact, I started praying, Lord, all I need in my life is one talent. <laughs> Change my prayer. I used to feel sorry for him. Change my prayer. And so can we all agree that this man got something? Not only did he get 20 million rand, he got a long time. Can you imagine someone giving you 20 million rand and leaving you alone for a long time? That's a good combination. Amen. But what you're getting ready to hear uh, uh, from this guy is, is entitlement. There are two spirits that operate in the hearts of people God is trying to raise as leaders. There is a spirit of stewardship and directly opposite from the spirit of stewardship is a spirit of entitlement. Ha! Now you can't cure entitlement by giving it more stuff. Entitlement is a problem. And so what you're getting ready to hear, speak here, is entitlement. This man was entitled. And what did he say? He said, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. Gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent. Lord, there you have what is yours. His, his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and slothful servant. Can I read this in the Message Bible, if you will? Uh, verse 26, just verse 26 in the Message Bible. Uh, I want you to see what the Master said. Verse 26. This is powerful. This is going to change someone's life. He says the Master was furious. That's a terrible way to live life. It's criminal. Someone say it's criminal. He says it's criminal to live cautiously like that. Why? Because if you are not living on the age, uh, on the uh, edge, this age, on the edge, <laughs> try to trip me up. E D G E. If you are in this age, not living on the edge. Watch this now. You are wasting too much space. If you are not living on the edge, you're wasting too much space. Watch what he said. What did he say? He said, it's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? So the master has a high standard. The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers. Where at least I would have gotten my 
little interest. Next verse. Take a thousand and give it to the one who did what? Now, now I don't even think I should read what else he said. <laughs> and get rid. Yeah. He's, he's not saying you, you're not going to make it to heaven. He's just saying, he's, he's, no, this is good. He's just saying he's building a dream team to change the world. And this dream, team, this dream team is made out of people who live a certain way, who approach life. Man, you can't just show up. Some of you, you yeah. He's saying, man, we, we want a certain kind of people. He says, don't be slothful in service, but fervent in the spirit serving the Lord. When you show up, show up. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You've got to show up. He says, get rid, out of, not out of heaven, but out of my dream team. I'm trying to change the world. Get rid of this, uh, 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 play it safe. Who won't go out on a leap? Why? Why? Why won't you go out on a leap? Because he's watching and looking at what the people think about him. Spending too much time thinking about what the people think. Oh, I didn't get enough likes on Facebook. Oh, I'm angry. I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm about to kill myself. They didn't like my post. Take, get rid of those people. They're not strong. They're not strong. They're not strong. He says, gird up your loins. You know what that means? It means to tie your belt at the, at the, at the, as much as you tie that thing and be ready to, to do the work. Amen? He says, this guy's played safe. He is playing it safe. The, the, the money that comes in every single month, they just collect all of it and just do this little retirement plan. You're doing retirement plan in 2020. They come on, go out and buy stock, do something, get a house. Do so. Go out into the marketplace where the people are, where there's action and make mistakes and do something. Learn something. Oh, just one amen somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Start a business, do something. Start it. We're going to start it and fail. Start another one and fail. Start another At least when you get to heaven, you'll have stories. Do you know what it says? In, it says when we get to heaven, we will share our stories of the redeemed. We'll be sharing those stories with the people that didn't live with the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. People are going to come to your mansion and say, so what did you do with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of it? What did you tell us? Tell us what did you do? And you say, ah, no, I went to work. I went to work ah, at 8, and I was back at 5.30, and I went again at 8, and I was back at, And then on weekends, we had a good time. They say, how? <laughs> Baba. Tell us, did you do any action? Did you lay hands on people? Did you try to raise the dead? You lay hands on, come, come back to life. Come, you, you'd rather get to heaven and say, man, we tried. Yeah, we went. This person died in our midst. We lay hands on Yeah, Come back to life. We did something. Yeah. Laid hands on them. They got healed. Yeah. Use the power that God put on the inside of them. We didn't play it safe. See, people in the, in the, in the Bible don't, didn't have the benefit of reading the next verse before they did what they did. You know, uh, uh, Peter and John, Pedro and Jonas, when, when, when they got to the uh, temple, that's the only way I can remember it. <laughs> when they got to the gate called Beautiful, they see this guy, they didn't have the benefit of reading the next verse before they snatched him from him. Snatched him and said, yeah, play it. don't play it safe. Man, you're playing it too safe. He says he won't go out on a limp. Why? Because he's, what, he's checking to see if people like what he's doing. Yeah. Do you like what I'm doing? Do you like me? Please accept me. It says, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do it. And what did he say? Verse 27. Let me go back to, let me go back to, uh, to, to the King James, right? He says in verse 28, take therefore the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Now, this verse used to confuse me because I, I thought, you know, the Lord is taking away his talent as in, you know, his ability, ability to sing, ability to, to, to do art and creativity and things of that nature. Say, no, that's not what he's doing because if you read in, uh, I believe, uh, Romans 8, 29 or 10, 29 or 11, 29, it says that the gifts and the talents of God are without repentance. So God is not going to take away your voice to sing. He's not going to take away your ability to do those things but what the Lord is taking away from him is opportunities 
So you'll have a good voice, but nowhere to sing it. The five talents represent opportunities. You'll be anointed, but nowhere to express your anointing. Why? Because God is looking for people who are faithful, and he will give opportunities. So ten talents represents ten opportunities. And here I have to say, opportunities flow in the direction of faithfulness. This is why sometimes you meet this guy. He's, he's faithful. All he's done is faithful. He's not as talented as you are, but he's faithful. And ah, he's on TV. Not only that, he's also singing on this one. Ah, no, they've hired him to be the brand ambassador of this one. And ah, but this guy has 10 talents. I can't get a single job. What's happening? Opportunities flow in the direction of faithfulness. People who are faithful will be living their lives in the realm of 10 talents. And so he says, take from him the opportunity and give it to the one who's already got 10 opportunities. And he's going to have 11 opportunities. Why? Because he's learned how to be faithful. And then he caps it off with this statement. For unto everyone who has shall be given. Now he's not talking about the rich getting richer. It is, if you bring in the context, he says, unto everyone who has what? Faithfulness. More will be given. More what? Opportunities. And from him who is not faithful, watch this now, even the little opportunities he has will be taken away because God is not wasteful. He's taking his opportunities and giving them to people, watch this now, who know how to maximize these opportunities. This is why the Apostle Paul said, man, you've got to redeem the time because the days are evil. If you read it in the NLT, it says, maximize your life. You've got to maximize your life. Amen? Man, this is not time for us to, 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 to just linger around and wait for the day for the big break. This is time for us to learn how to be faithful with whatever the Lord puts in our hand. It's all season of preparation. And some of you, your job right now is preparation. And some of you, you come to church, they're going to ask you to do something. It's not because they're desperate. The kingdom of God is never in deficiency. And in, 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 it's always in abundance. There's always somebody else who step up. I mean, when Saul messed up, David was right there next to him to step up and do something. But when you get an opportunity to do something for God, something in life, maximize on that opportunity. And when you give it your full expression, it becomes your season of preparation. And it is that season of preparation that will help you to attract faith and I have to quit because I'm out of time. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, God is raising up an army. Amen? And we are a part of that army. Thank you, Jesus. The third principle is, uh, you know, God cannot take ducks to Eaglesville. All they'll do is quack. What's that? God will not take ducks to Eagle School because all they will do is quack, complain. So sometimes we're not getting invited to Eagle School because when we get there, what are we going to do? Complain. In fact, I learned something about the kingdom of God. For those of you who like to argue on Facebook, I learned this about the kingdom of God is that your biggest critics for what you are doing will always come from the cheap seats of your life. So I have this statement, cheap shots always come from cheap seats. You know, when you're uh, watching football and, and things of that nature, you're watching a game on TV, uh, if you see the guys in the box wearing suits, the guys who've paid 30000 for a seat, they ain't shouting at nobody. They're not cussing out anyone. They're not, they're just civil. Came to watch the game and support what's happening. You talk in the boardroom if there are any complaints. But the cheap seats, 100 rand seats. They want to coach. The coach is there. The coach is there. Is coach. They want to coach. 
this one player from from my country from my country i mean this guy was just talking to him on the on the from the stands and and he got tired at about 69th minute he got tired took off his boots and went and said to the fan you come show me what you yeah the boots you show me what you're talking about and the fan said no <laughs> you know <laughs> so man i'm telling you don't pay attention to the cheap shots cheap seats of your life before you take someone's opinion for your business and for you trying and take it to heart check how much contribution they are giving for that business to be a success did they invest money in it and if they did how much did they invest you are allowing all kinds of people to invest opinion cheap opinion opinions are the cheapest commodity on the market anybody can have an opinion now if you have to have a poll of opinions before you do what's really in your heart what god has called you to do you're not going to do it because all of us will have opinion amen i said amen. amen and so man i'm telling you the only opinion you should highly esteem the only opinion you should value is the opinion of god and god's opinion for you his promises for you are yes and amen. Man, you've got the grace of God. You've got the power of God. It's time for you to go out on a limp. Do something with the power that is in you. Make a mistake. The lepers, the four lepers said, man, we, we're going to die. We're dying. Let's do something different. They started walking to the enemy's camp and God joined the party because God always likes it when someone takes a faith risk. God joined the party. By the time they got to the enemy's camp, it had been deserted and they witnessed the biggest breakthrough of their lives. But it started with taking steps towards perceived danger. Man, I'm telling you, we have so much and it's time for us to allow it to come out of us. Amen? Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for every single one of your children under the sound of my voice. Whether it be marketplace, whether it be real estate, whether it be business, whether it be uh, ministry. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you are showing them a different way. You are showing them that your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. For your strength is made perfect in their weakness. Where they are weak, you are strong, and therefore they are strong. I thank you, Father, that as we go today, go forth, doors are opening that no man can close. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are closing doors that no man will be able to open. I thank you, Father, that you are going forth and creating uh, situations, kairos moments, divine, divinely orchestrated moments that we will come face to face with our destiny. I thank you, Father that you are bringing people into our lives, divine connections, that you are bringing people that will come into our lives and, and bring about an insight, bring about a revelation and a transformation. Lord, I thank you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.